Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. I'm your host as usual, Andy Rowan. I'm joined by Big Jim Hamilton and Andy Goode. Coming up, we've got former Wallaby and now Exeter scrum half Nick White joining us. Um, we're also looking forward to seeing everyone at O'Neill's on Wednesday night. Uh, that's our next live pod. It's a sellout. Over 350 tickets. Yes. Of course. Thank you very much to Guinness for putting this on for us I like as well. Genius. Yeah, I like Guinness. Guinness is one of them when you go to Ireland, even if you don't like Guinness... You drink it. You take your knife and fork, <laughs> and you eat it when you get there. Are you a fan of Guinness? Do you like a, you like a, a Guinness? Mate, genuinely, when I go to Ireland, mm. I'll, have, I'll have four or five. Tell the poo that the next day. Who <laughs> <laughs> are you? Are you? But it must be good for you. Anyway, we've not even spoke about the big news. So I'll run this show, Andy Rowe. Okay, you go for it, mate. You take you take over. Goody's missus has had twins. I'm unsure. Can I say that I'm unsure that they're yours? They're, 100% mine, mate, they are. Mate, they're eating well. Of course they're mine. Beautiful looking mm. girls with a full head of hair. Definitely not yours. <laughs> mate, I've already produced one beautiful girl in Ella Grace, and I've produced two more. Um, amazing week. Amazing week. Congratulations. Thanks, mate. buddy. Yeah, congratulations, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. That's, I'm going to have a drink to that. There yeah, we go. okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm drink. Cheers, yeah. Cheers, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, cheers. To Olivia yeah. and Isabella. Cheers, yeah. Although I'm back. I'm back as the biggest person in my house again now. You saw my missus today. I went to Goody's house today. Let's uh, forget the girls for now. He's got a guinea pig. Oh my <laughs> nutbags. <laughs> You've never seen nuts on a guinea pig like it. What's his name? John. Frank the Tank. Frank. His name's Frank. 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 He's hung like Jim Hamilton, but he's got bollocks like me. Huge set of nuts. So we're there. We're around his house. I don't know animal cruelty because Peter, we're on the first week podcast over with the rabbits, got a bit offended. But is it abnormal? But me and Goody in the Million Pound Mansion are lifting up Frank the guinea pig to have a look at the size of his nuts and see if... Because I'm like, I think it's a girl. He's like, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a boy. So we're like the two vets in the, um, in the kitchen anyway. Yeah. But yeah, my missus, she's, she was phenomenal. And Ella Grace was. So we had the twins, went in Tuesday. Obviously did the podcast last Monday. You boys had a night out, didn't you? Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that. Yeah, yeah get we'll to that get in a minute. Tuesday, I've gone into hospital, seven o'clock in the morning. It's like a blur. How do you feel? Do you nearly faint or not? No, I love watching it. I shit myself when they come out because they come out blue. Did hang on? Did you watch? Did you see the sunroof getting opened? Or yeah, not? Uh, sunroof open. Did you see it? Yeah, really. Undercarriage still in perfect tact. Well, yeah. I heard. A, I heard a, st- a story. I think it was Robbie Williams quoted when he watched his wife give birth. It was like his favourite pub being burnt down. Mm. <laughs> but so the roof's just been burnt off yours. The roof's been opened and closed again now, so she's all good. Did you see the roof getting opened? Or I not? did. No, you didn't. I watched the whole lot. As in, like, the curtain... Oh, they pulled the curtain up and they said, if you want to stand up, you can stand up. So I held a hand and stood up and watched oh, it. Oh, mate, you're, you're, hey, you're a bigger man than me. Literally, <laughs> literally, literally I am. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was yeah, amazing. And uh, the first thing is they come out and you think, are they all good? You see a full head of hair and you're like, oh my, are they... Are they oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When they first came out and I first saw them, I did have a little panic. Because obviously they've come out and there's blood everywhere and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, if you're eating your breakfast or your dinner or whatever, probably not a good idea to listen you're to You were eating both. Mm. I was having both at the same time. <laughs> of course I was. Um, anyway, pull, pull them out, and there's obviously blood on their head, and I'm like, oh, they're ginger. Oh. Uh, they've got ginger hair. Oh, and my no. missus is like, are they ginger? I was like, no, 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 not at all. No, it's just the blood in hope. Anyway, they clean them down, and they're beautiful little blonde-haired girls. I saw them today. So Jim's met them already. We had a yeah. celebrationary bag of sweets at Goody's. We did. There's plenty of them. <laughs> we we st- we stole, where did we steal them from? Now tell the truth. Uh, we sold them from his older daughter, Ada Grace, E.G. Oh. 
I saw a picture of them on on Twitter. They are two very gorgeous girls, mm. Gertie. Congratulations, thanks, buddy. I'm a lucky boy. How's, how's how's the missus doing? The boss is good. She's good. She's um. Well, so she put on. She'll hate me for saying this. Twins. She put on one and three quarters stone, which I can manage in a week. It took her eight months to put on a stone and three quarters, and then she's weighed herself today. And from when she was a first weight before she got pregnant, she's only got she only put on half a stone now since the birth. So well. She's obviously lost a, a stone and a, and a quarter since. So it takes her eight months to put on a stone and three quarters. I could do that in a week. How's your juicing just, diet going? She's you, just had it taken out. I, I, so talking of the juicing diet, I'm worried. Because you've now got three girls. So in 10 years, well, not, not even 10, maybe five or six years, Anna Grace is going to start bringing boys to the house, to the, to the million Boys, what are, you ta- what are you trying so to say? But it's it's going to happen. And then let's say in 18 years from now, how big are you going to be? Like, are you going to be able to fend these lads off? Or not? I will. I told you. I will slap them. I tell her the grace. Any lad messes you around, I'll slap him silly. Yeah, but they're going to be like saying, "Oh, yeah, watch out for me, daddy's a beast." Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, three girls. It's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Ella Grace is thirteen now. Boys are starting to come on the scene a little bit in terms of. Well, I'll sort them out. Uncle Jim will yeah. sort them out. Well, there's a few there's a few uncles there that are going to have a go. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be you know that's the life of a dad, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you got two girls. Yeah, I've got two two boys. Though. They'll sort out anyone that comes around. How was your trip back to Welford Road? You went back there with uh, rugby pass, didn't you? I did. It was good. They didn't even know who you were, did they? Enjoy- did they yeah, actually? yeah, that was staged. I don't woman, think it was though, mate. Was it? Woman did not know who I was. Genuinely, like, you're Jim Jim who? Yeah, it was one of them. They had the Wall of Legends, and I was, I was with my mates, the Slug. Talked about him, Ravo's arm. He's with me in the Hyundai I hundred in the back. I'm like, mate, Wall of Legends. I was like, mate, let's go and have a look. Weren't. Were you on there? No, I weren't. No. no, didn't think so. But it was good to go back. I did like your one of your points there, and this is so Jim start of Jim's career, European Cup for Leicester that you came on the Cup final. Uh, it was the Premiership final where I scored against Sale. How old were you then? Twenty-one. Right, see, so start of your career, twenty-one. You come off the bench for the Leicester in the Premiership final. I'm sure you came off the bench in the right. European Cup final against Wasps as well in two thousand and seven. Was it? Yeah, probably. You fast forward, you had no impact on, on either of those games. You fast forward to the end of your career and you have two minutes off the bench in the European Cup final for Saracens, which you win and take all the glory in the photos. Exactly. John Terry. It's called bookends. There we That's go. the bookends of my career. Good career though, Jim. Yeah. Good career. No, it was good. It was good going back. It was good speaking to Simon Cohen, the CEO. How he was he? Spoke highly of Goody. Couldn't believe it. Really? Similar stature, similar build. Drives a yellow Porsche. Hated me for saying it. He doesn't, so, does he? Drives a yellow Porsche. Jeez. It's got an engine in the back. How many engines are the back of cars you've seen? Well, the Porsche's got one. Is yellow Porsche. Mate, every out. Porsche every Porsche has their engine in the back. And he was speaking about value, m- monetary values of players. And he said that Goody, he, Goody was right in what he said in terms of being half a million pound. Pounds. Thank you. Really? Yeah. And what did he say about your worth? Oh, 700. Out, hold on, I might come out of retirement. Is it, was there an offer there? Contract? I doubt it. No, okay. Yeah, I doubt it. What did he say about your monetary value, Jim? Well, he, he was talking around the 300 mark. <laughs> 300? I, I, I reckon that was a signing on fee. We never, yeah. <laughs> I think that was a signing on fee. Jim, you'd be lucky to get 30, I reckon, these days. True. Second rows that can't catch or pass, they're two a penny. <laughs> More to the cask man. Uh, We're going to come on to the Champions Cup shortly um, and some rumours. Um, but first, Edinburgh's told skipper Magnus Bradbury not to come into the club at the moment after he fell and hit his head on a pavement on a night out last week. And now John Hardy suspended by them and Scotland for alleged cocaine use. What's going on up there with cockers at the helm, guys? What's what's happening? Pass it to Jim. Scotland, mate. What is going on? Well, clearly, they like playing rugby and they like baking cakes. No? 
Baking cakes. Or powder. Okay. Baking powder. Yeah. Very similar. I don't know. I don't know what's happened. I did try to dig into it, and if I did know, I probably wouldn't say too much on here because I know John Hardy is a, he's a, he is a good lad. I'm not too too sure about Bradley. The thing is, he's skipper, isn't he, Bradley? He, he's skipper. Yeah. Is he so the guy that whose mum is yes. involved? Oh, jeez. Yeah. So his mum's his involved. involved with the Scottish Rugby Union or something. Well, she works there. In what in what role? Some presidential so quite, on the board. Yeah, I quite think high so. powered. And the thing is with Edinburgh and Glasgow is they're run by the SRU, so Scotland Rugby Union. So if an incident happened, say Edinburgh, which it obviously has with these two players, it won't necessarily be Cockers or Co- Richard Cockrell disciplining them. He'll have the initial chat, but it will go straight mm. to the top. If it is drugs, now I think the listeners will be quite interested to hear this. So recreational drugs, which cocaine, weed, I was going to say heroin there, but I don't think heroin I'm not sure is. that's so recreational, Jim. It might fall under the recreational <laughs> Let's list. just leave it at coke and weed. Right? Okay, so cocaine and weed, right? So although it is illegal to take them drugs as a professional rugby player, I don't know what it's like in other sports, it isn't... Performance enhancing. Performance enhancing. So you don't get suspended or you don't get expelled, you don't get sacked, you get a warning. And so in England... Right, that's if... There's, there is certain restrictions on it, though, isn't there? If you, you get a warning if you admit to taking it. Yeah, that's right. So basically, let, let's go around again. You get tested, right? So you get tested, and you, you get tested by WADA, okay? And that's where they come to your house, they test your urine, they take blood samples, and this is for performance-enhancing drugs, steroids and all the other ones that go with that. So there are a few test players. that will come in, they'll test lads, they'll take hair samples, take urine. It's a lot more relaxed uh, situation and scenario. And if you get caught taking a recreational drug so that the hair comes back or the urine comes back where you've got samples of recreational drugs you'll be notified it won't be a case of right that's it you're sacked they'll they'll notify you notify you and the club no but in in competition you get you get banned you don't get banned you do if you get caught in competition oh as in after a game yeah okay for urine but you can you if you admit to it so you get there's a strike policy isn't there that's what i'm saying if you tell them Mm. but if you go in and go i've taken coke you hold your hands up you get a warning then. But if you get caught... So if you've done... If whoever, player A, for example, has played a game, done a urine test, and Coke's come up in his urine, that's a ban. 100%, if unless he's admitted to... going, He's gone into the club doctor and admitted to it, and you can keep your... Anonymity. Yeah. yeah. But they've got Are that. you saying that if you get caught using cocaine, you get sacked, but if you put your hand up, if well, you, you use it... Yeah. yeah, if you use it and put your hand up and say I've used it yep. you get a warning you get, and you have to go on a yeah well you have to go on a course, course that's what yeah. I'm saying so I'm going to find out for next week what the implications are I'll find out off the RPA the Rugby Players Association but there's like a two and to be fair I'm actually know what I'm talking about clearly I don't but there's a two or three strike policy hmm. so first one is yes okay you admit it you have to go on a course second one is you, pay, you have to pay a, you have to pay fine. you have to pay a fine and you have to go again on another course hmm. I think third strike you're out yeah. You get a six-month ban. But I don't know what's happened with John Hardy. I don't know whether there's an issue there. He's been caught taking it when he's been out. I don't even know if he has taken it. Um, I'm sure we'll find out in due in due course. And so we should as well. He's one of Scotland's best players. I think people want to know so that's, It's sad that though, isn't it, as well? Yeah. And it's 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 pretty mindless, to be honest. I'm not just talking about John Hardy. I'm talking about any any professional sportsman to think that it is a good idea to do that, to take drugs you know, for on a, on a night out or whatever. And I know in this day and age... It's it's quite rife and not in rugby, but in day to day going out nightlife. You know, especially in London, it's you know it's out there quite a lot, isn't it? Whatever you're doing in rugby, in life, in 
you know, I love a beer. I always used to have a have to have a beer a after a game. I thought you were say heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chase. But, no, but you, it's one of those things. You, you know, you, you celebrate a win. You, you know, I'd always have a beer after a game. You know, you play the game. You put your body through hell. You have got to enjoy yourself as well. So you have a beer, but you, you put your whole career at risk by taking drugs. And I don't. Uh, there's no no reason to do that at all. It's amazing how many people say, "Oh, you must have taken something." To me, like to me before, I don't know whether I look like a drug user. Never, ever. And I'll tell you what, one day, okay, maybe when I'm on holiday in Brazil or Cuba or some, one of these countries, I'm going to smoke some weed. I am. To make sure it's legal though, right? Well, this is the thing. I'm reading a lot of articles at the minute. My wife's mum's very poorly, so she's terminally ill. And there's a lot of stuff being written, been spoken about the use of, of weed, of cannabis. You get cannabis oils and stuff like that, mm. and everything I'm reading is all good. So... If we go to Brazil, why Brazil? Why do I think Brazil? Is that where they they, no, I they, think they grow ganja? You think Amsterdam? I'm thinking Amsterdam. You're sick. Why? <laughs> <laughs> the weird fish. The weird fish wants to go to Amsterdam. Yeah, I'm going to Amsterdam in a couple of weeks. Oh, jeez. Oh, well, all right. I know then. what you'll be doing there. Yeah. Well, girlfriend's taking me there, so... Oh, disgusting. Mate, that's just fish. so wrong. The weird fish on weed in Amsterdam with his girlfriend. In the red light district. And candy. Is that what happens there? I wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> listen to it. No, you guys tell me what happens in Amsterdam. I've never I've been. Never been. Generally never been. Why are you crossing your arms for? Because I'm cold. Uh, he's covering his belly. Covering my tits. Oh, you I'm don't get cold, mate. Up. We'll find out about this drug situation next week so we can give the listeners some real clarity. But it isn't as um, straightforward as you think. The Wallabies uh, bit the All Blacks. Go the, the Wallabies. We, how did you guys feel seeing that result? Were you happy to see some a little bit more... Yeah, I, I, Competition? I, I do a column for Rugby Pass, um, and I spoke about it in there. As every Englishman involved in the sport, you're brought up to dislike the Aussies in terms of rugby, in terms of cricket. Football is not, we don't really bother with you, but rugby and cricket, they're the big ones, aren't they? Obviously, the Ashes in cricket. Rugby, there's been a big history in terms of World Cups, etc., etc. And generally, we don't like the Aussies, right? Like, they don't like us. They call us the Poms, etc., and blah, blah, blah. But sitting there Saturday seeing that the the Aussies have dusted the All, the all Blacks. Um, it's great for rugby, I think, generally. You know, the Aussies have been through some tough times over the last couple of years. Checkers, there's been loads of pressure on here. There's, obviously, there was the issue with the recording in the hotel and mm. loads of different issues that have gone on. But I think it's great for rugby. Yes, the All Blacks are still the best team in the world. Let's not get away from that. And they rested a few. Bowden Barrett wasn't playing, etc., etc. But... I think it's great for the game and it now makes the Autumn Internationals quite interesting mm. for England because I was a bit disappointed today though because I've read that Israel Folau isn't touring. It's a real shame. Yeah. because he's, he's, he's their main strike with he, Do you know what? He's probably one of the best players in the world as well, isn't he? He'd have to be the best fullback in the world at the moment mm. running around. I don't know anyone that's been better, better, better mm. than him that's playing at the moment. So as a Kiwi, how's it been taken back home? Well, from what I'm reading, it's they've moved. The media's moved on pretty quickly onto the, the Autumn Call Internationals. Calling it a dead rubber or something. Yeah, dead rubber. Rubber! Um, but, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing for the All Blacks. We, we do lose the Aussies every now and then, and they haven't been far away. They probably should have beaten us uh, in New Zealand uh, mm. earlier in the competition. Mm. As you said, we have rested a lot of players, or a lot of, a lot of our top players aren't playing. So for us to still be competitive against one of the top teams, it's not a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing to be losing to the Wallabies. Nah. And, and you look at we've, to... we've lost to the Wallabies a few times, and we've gone on to win the World Cup afterwards. So if we, if we played you now in November, we would absolutely... Wipe the floor with you, I reckon. Mate, you, the British and Irish Lions can barely beat a super rugby team, mate. I don't know. Mate, are you dreaming? <laughs> We're just going to go against the All Blacks. We'll, so we'd, we'd smack, like Billy Vonapola said, if Eddie Jones had been in charge, we'd have won that 3 0. There you go. But, but it, make, it does make it interesting now for England 
um, in the Autumn Internationals because everyone looked at it pre-Saturday and probably said, right, that's three easy victories for England. And the squad's announced this week. Um, so you talk about the first game as Argentina. They've been poor in the Rugby Championship. Australia, we've beaten them at least four times on the spin. And they they were poor at times during the Rugby Championship. And then Samoa last game. Great for us to be able to rotate. But now it just brings that focus back in. Australia beat New Zealand. We've got to beat Australia and beat them comfortably as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Because I think the Wallabies become just an ordinary test team. With, without, as without Izzy. With, with Izzy, they can score from anywhere. And who cares who Scotland are playing anyway? Scotland playing New Zealand. Are they? That's a hosing. Hose them down. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the England Sevens players are braving the shave, shaving the heads for 5K uh, for Macmillan for November the 20th. Yeah, some good boys in that seven squad. Charlie Hater, real good lad. Harry good, Potter. Good friend of yours? Good mate of mine, Charlie <laughs> Hater. Yeah, good mate of mine. Of course. Uh, Harry Potter lookalike. He's a um, decent piece on him, to be fair, Jim. Really? Yeah, so you're interested now, aren't you? <laughs> I perked up. Um, yeah, he's got a hell of a nose as well. Uh, his nose matches his piece. Okay. Uh, but they are raising money for Macmillan, and they've said if they raise five grand, Simon Amor, the head coach, will bick his head. Whoa. Properly bick his head. So he, looks like a, he looks like a tab hole. <laughs> so let's get those boys. Get on their Twitter pages. Charlie Hater. I think it's at Charlie Hater. 88 or something like that. Hell of a name. Um, have a look at it. Get supporting them. Five grand's not a lot of money to raise, so everyone, all our listeners out there, get following and let's get uh, those boys shaving their heads. And let's see Simon Amor with a bicked bonce. They'll be on the Gillette razors, no doubt. Gillette, oh. the best a man can get. Uh, Thomas Phipps has written, and he's obviously been watching a fair bit of the Champions uh, Cup, and said, which front rower would have the best chance at playing 10? Marco seems to be doing very well every time uh, he puts Ma- it on his toe. Who's Marco? Who's Marco? Marco? <laughs> Marco? Marco? Me- Marco Vanapolo. Marco Vanapolo. He didn't play very well at the weekend. Did he not? No, he didn't. No, he made some uncharacteristic errors. But he's a good player, right? He's a good player. Well, any one of that it, Polynesian descent who plays yeah. brought up in the UK. If there was a prop that could play 10, geez, I mean, I, I made a pretty good fist of it, didn't Yay. I? Um, I'd probably Mako. Mako would be very good. Do you know what? In the, uh, We've given him some stick on this on this pod. Uh, Carl Sinclair, you go back to the Lions tour, he stepped up at first receiver a couple of times and chucked out a 15 to 20 metre pass, made a couple of breaks. He did all right. Petra Stupacy for London Irish. Yes. He's throwing the ball in, for, in behind. Para. Beyond the short runners for London Irish or is London Irish? Well, he is Mr. London Irish, yeah. They're playing Saracens this week, they are getting hosed. Keep it under 50, that's what I'd say. (laughs) That'd be my team talk for London Irish. (laughs) Keep it under 50. Can we win this game? Definitely not. Keep it under 50. (laughs) That'd be the coach's message. Charles uh, at CRH Sindri writes in Alice Genge looked pretty special uh, over the weekend can you see Eddie Jones picking him or him and Marco too similar who's Marco who the hell is Marco <laughs> such so an posh. arrogant Kiwi isn't he so look at him posh. such an arrogant Kiwi um, I, like, I, I like Genge so do he, I. he don't like me He's does he not lose. he offered me out in the game last year did he really yeah what did he say? I'll pick on the soft lad. He says, come, come for me then, come for me then, big man, I'll drop you. And I said, mate, you probably will. <laughs> and I think I said something like, I'll drop your mum. <laughs> <laughs> drop what in his mum? Disgusting. Exactly. I don't know. Um, yeah, listen, he's he's quite ferocious, ball in hand, carries well. Um, but what I hear about him is that he goes a little bit off script. Right. And do you know what that means? He goes a bit away from the game plan. So if you're going the same way, so the nine's calling soldiers, which means going the same way. At which club, Saracens? Well, any club. They, they, soldiers? Yes, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, eggs, eggs, and, eggs, is, eggs is one way, soldiers is the other. Is it really? Mate, clubs across the land now are going to be saying this, eggs and soldiers. But team's calling soldiers, he's going around the corner. 
Eggs. He's going the eggs way instead. Oh, is he? So soldiers going round. Scrum half screaming soldiers. He's going eggs. He's on the eggs. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's in a roundabout way. It was a shit explanation, but yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> but he, he carries well. He can't dispute that. He sat Hartley down a few weeks ago, didn't he? Well, that ain't hard, is it? Um, <laughs> really? So yeah, but yeah. Mate, genu- I, genuinely, I think the weird fish should sit Hartley down. Do you reckon? I genuinely, I do. The weird fish. He's what are you? Eighty kilos wet through. Ninety-one, mate. Oh, right, tough lad. Well, ninety-one after a, ca- a can of cat food. <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen, obviously, you look at the. England props, loose heads. You've got Mako's the best loose head prop we've got, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, hands down. Hands um, done. And then there's Jim's mate, Marley Bone, and then uh, obviously Ellis Genge is in the mix as well. We'll come back for um, for more social media, but let's go to the Champions Cup. Saracens came through, but shocked a bit by Ospreys? A lot closer than we thought. A lot closer. To be fair, Ospreys were comfortable for the majority of the game. They found the key of unlocking the defence of Saracens. And me and Goody were chatting about this before, on the train in. Saracens notoriously have struggled against teams that go wide, wide. Okay, so you talk about Wasps when we played in the final. Was it the final or semi-final? Semi-final. Which final? final. Which, the which? Premiership. A couple of years ago. No. Semi-final then. Europe semi. Europe semi. Ago. That was right, because it was at Twickenham. No, it was at Reading. Okay, it was at a big pitch. <laughs> it was at Reading. It was at Reading. Did so you it didn't play, matter. You didn't play, yeah, did, did you? I did play in it, yeah. And so <laughs> all week we'd spoken about Wasps attacking from deep. So was it Pillatow? Peertown, he wasn't there then. Peertown, he was. <laughs> What'd you call him? Peertown, he was. Oh, he was there, I beg your pardon. He was. About the wide, wide, the width of Wasp going wide from uh, from the exits. <laughs> Broke us, very first play. Yeah, Wade so scored, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So they went the length, and we were working all week on that. You look at the weekend, what Ospreys did. They just chanced their arm, didn't they? And attack, a lot of their, their best attacks came from five, ten metres out from yeah. their own try line. And that's where, you know, Saracens have an edge. They come up in defence. They're very comfortable, aren't they? If you're doing runners off nine, box kicking back to them, then you're in a kicking game and a counter- counter-attacking game. Ospreys found a key that unlocked the Saracens' defence. And, it, and it, they look quite worrying. I mean, again, I was chatting to some of the players after, and they they said it was difficult because of the game but the week before Northampton, it was a no contest, really, wasn't it? Whereas Ospreys played Clermont the week before, lost at home by a point in a tough game. It could have went either way, that one. So they were battle-hardened, if you like. I mean, Osprey's a bottom of Conference A. I think they are. They've won one game. And that was a performance that I think Adam Adam Jones tweeted and said that's the catalyst for their season. That's been waiting to happen. I thought they were fantastic, some of their players. And, you know, who wasn't... Reese Webb wasn't playing for them. No, they missed Tipperick uh, as well. Tipperick he wasn't playing. Lydia as well. Yeah. They and pulled out just before the game. Exactly. And, I, like, Alan Wynne-Jones, right? I'm not... I'm a big fan of his... You know, I, I don't think he's the player that he was, but he was immense. You talk about Mako, he lined him up a couple of times and put him into next week. Did he? He did, yeah. I didn't see the game, actually. Yeah, but, but Osprey's very impressive. Dan Evans, fullback. Yeah. He, was, oh. he had a world of game, didn't he? Yeah, he was amazing. Mm. Yeah, he was really good. They went, well, I've always thought he's a quality player. And, like, proper, decent counter-attack. Yeah. And, obviously, Wales have, have played half-penny at fullback a lot um, for solidity and stuff. He obviously got Liam Williams on the wing or whatever. But now... In on on form, he's got a sniff of Wales, hasn't he? He, he was class. He was really, really mm. good. Wasps are back. We're back. Oh, we Goody. are back. The wasps are back. They won. Goody weren't there. Goody wasn't there because he, he was busy. Of course, I was. Of course, I was there, mate. I was there doing my corporate bit, hosting the biggest corporate lounge in the Premiership. Thank you. Um, uh, and we dominated for the rest of this season. I've heard rumours about wasps. We dominated Quins. Quins. So you go. Champions Cup, first two rounds. Everyone says there's not many teams. There's only, uh, The first team to ever lose their first two Champions Cup group games and still qualify 
was Wasps about three years ago when, uh, oh yeah, I was playing 10. <laughs> I helped us lose two and then I helped us win four. Um, and we got the quarterfinals. So both teams lost their first round game last week. Obviously Wasps lost over at Ulster. Quinn's lost at home to La Rochelle. And you expect, knowing two, you lose, play two, lose two, you're pretty much out of the competition. You expect Quinn's to turn up after beating Wasps at uh, the Rico Arena about a month ago with a bit of physical edge, a bit of bite. I just, I was shocked by their performance. They were awful. They were like no energy, lacklustre, mistakes everywhere. Didn't see Jamie Roberts carry. Nathan Hughes just going around, picking people up, body slamming them everywhere. But that's the one, that's when Wasps... He's been cited. Has he been yeah. cited? Yeah, he's been cited. Yeah. So has Hartley and Marler as well from the weekend. Yeah, yeah so Nathan Hughes, ball in hand, was unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's one of them, but though, you know with Nathan Hughes, right? And I know it's a really simple thing to say. When he turns up, Right when he wants to when he wants to carry when he yep. wants to do what he wants to do that's yep. when that's when Wasps are good. I completely agree, and it, it, it goes through patches of games when he has gone missing at times, and his work rate hasn't been good. But I think it's all about consistency. You, you compare the best number eights in the world, Reed and Vunapola, and every game they're on the money, every game they're carrying big. That's Nathan Hughes' challenge to get there, and he was he was there on on Sunday. He was unbelievable ball in hand. Rob Shaw got the the fend. Yeah. See you later. Thrown away. Uh, Ward. Dave, Dave Ward as well got absolutely he power drive. His arse body slammed into the floor. But he, if you say he's been cited, and it was, I thought it was a red card. And you know, you don't ever want to condone violence on the field. But they were actually looking at uh, Charlie Walker tip tackling Jimmy Gopeth and. After the play's gone on, Nathan Hughes goes to make a cover tackle, swinging arm into Marcus Smith's face. And I, you'd see it, and he thought it could have been recorded. He almost killed him. Well, we've got uh, former Wallaby halfback and now Exeter halfback, Nick White, on the phone. Uh, Nick, welcome on the show, mate. Thank you. Hey, guys. Hey, How are you, buddy? Well, yeah, good, thanks. Must have been pretty good sweet sport. for you winning. Oh, yeah. Good. Must have been pretty sweet for you winning over in Montpellier after being there last year and uh, your first chance back there getting a, getting a victory. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was a, a bit of a, like a, a stressful and emotional week going going back. You know, I guess you want to go back to your former club and show them that you've made the right decision by leaving and going on to greener pastures. So to go back there and get a win um, was, yeah, pretty pr- pretty good. Uh, Nick, it's uh, Jim. I, I played a season at Montpellier. Um, loved it. <laughs> lies, Jim, lies. <laughs> loved, yeah. the, loved the weather. H- how many seasons were you there for? I was there for two seasons. And um, did you enjoy it when you were there? Uh, I enjoyed the lifestyle. Um, uh, you know, I, I kind of realised pretty early on in my stint there that um, the, the rugby life was going to be quite tough. You know, I initially signed a three-year deal there, but but knew that it, it probably wasn't wasn't for me. Um, the, the French French rugby, the top fourteen. So, um, you know, we came to an agreement that uh, we'd cut my cut my contract short there. And obviously, off the back of that experience in Montpellier, um, I'm a massive advocate of extra. You know, love watching them play and stuff like that. And I often say about the extra squad, you look at them on paper. And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way at all, but I think Rob Baxter gets more out of the the, the players there than any other coach would. So you've gone from an environment rugby related that you're not that happy with in terms of the detail to a, an environment extra where I think the coaching and the level of play is they're probably punching above their weight without trying to disrespect extra at all because. I really enjoy watching them play. What it must have been a massive difference is and how good is Rob Baxter as a as a DOR? Yeah, no, uh, no it's, it's no disrespect. I think that's that, that's true. He's a great coach, and what the guys have got down here, they know that they've got something special. And you know, coming from the environment that I was in, um, you know, I, I, I kind of sat back and, and learned some lessons. And, and what was going to be important to me was, you know, being coached by good coaches. I kind of said to Rob when I first. Meeting was was made. I'm only 26. I've still got a lot to learn, 
And, you know, you look at the everything they're doing down here, the, the structures they've got in place, the, the things they're talking about in terms of spending a lot of time with each other, creating kind of like a family environment. Um, you know, the guys have here a bit of a brotherhood and um, all those sort of things. Are, you know, I, I, you know, I think every rugby player, you know, you guys would, would know that from playing, like you, you love that kind of culture. So that was something that, you know, it was exciting and I think a lot of players would love to, to get involved with that. And, and you're right, there's you know, there's a lot of guys down here probably punching above their weight and, and Rod's getting a lot out out of those guys and I'm, I'd like to think I'm on them. Mate, Troy, I've seen Murray Lowe's misses, mate. He's definitely punching. <laughs> um, so I was going to say, so you talk about the culture and the family spirit and stuff and I've never played for Exeter, would have loved to, but they talk about the whispers that we hear about the initiation. Is it true? Can you tell us a little bit about what the initiation was like? Did you get pissed on? Mate, mate, mate I can't tell you anything, but I can say it's true. <laughs> you blokes know, but I can't say anything. Straight from the hot tap. There was a question that came in on social media that they wanted to ask you. Um, what, what's it like trying to stop uh, Nadolo when he's uh, running out there at full flight? They didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna say, I didn't, so <laughs> that's the answer. Mate, just, just, I think just kind of like a, a stick in spokes on a, on a bike. Just, mate, I was trying to just dive between his legs and slow him down or something, but uh, you can't. Yeah, he's a beast. Did you watch the, the Wallabies All Blacks game over the weekend? If you, I'm sure you probably did. What did you make of it? Um, I watched the, the last 20 minutes. Um, I caught so much stick with just coming from Captain's Run and, and I ducked in to, to watch the last 20 and every every one of the, the English boys come past yelling out, let it go, Nick. But that <laughs> of course was, this is. Um, it was good, yeah. It's you know I think it's exactly what what world rugby needs, what Australian rugby certainly needs at the moment is the the All Blacks being beaten, and it'll certainly lively things up with uh, them coming north and the Wallabies as well, and that going into next year, just having a bit of a rivalry back between Australia and New Zealand, and and just. New Zealand losing in general is a great thing for world rugby. Error. Error. <laughs> Look, we, we talked about it earlier in the show, Israel Folau not coming over here for the Autumn Internationals. How much of an impact does that have on the Wallabies um, and, and how much does it have on the players knowing that he's not going to be with the team? Yeah, I think it, it probably will have a bit of an impact. He's, he's a pretty special player. Um, he can score tries, kind of make something out of nothing. So, yeah, that'll hurt. But, you know, with every, every time a player like that doesn't play, a guy comes up into that spot and gets an opportunity and, you know, can be the next great thing. So whoever they, you know, if they put Kirtley at fullback, I'm not sure, or, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what they'll do, but it'll be an opportunity to someone else and who knows, we might see, see a different aspect and, and maybe, I don't know, the, the other guys in the background might, might step up a little bit. Nice. Obviously, uh, just going back to Exeter for a minute, I'm um, a massive Henry Slade fan. Uh, I haven't played against him. He made me look pretty silly at times, but skinny. Uh, he made me look. Well, no, he, he's not skinny, mate. He's well built. He's obviously playing really well this year, isn't he? Um, in terms of physical physicality, at thirteen, he's pretty much nailed that spot down for Exeter. Now, I generally look at him and I think he could be Rob Baxter's love child by looks. Does anyone else talk about that down at the club? <laughs> no, no one talks about it down here. But he's certainly one of Ali Heffer's uh, favourites, <laughs> that, that's for sure. It's his, his kind of golden boy. But, uh, yeah, Slady's having an absolute cracking year this year. And I think, uh, you know, I, I know that he, he'd love to be, you know, he's kind of got this, this thought on being a 10. But, you know, he's, he's playing so well in that 13 shirt. And well, I think, uh, I think you know, he's starting to show over the last couple of weeks that, you know, he's, he's not just a, a bloke who's got all the skills in the bag, but he also can be quite physical. You know, that, that hit he put on uh, Nathan Hughes a few weeks ago was pretty special. And, I, you know, that's kind of just been he set the tone from then.
All right, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. Really appreciate it, and good luck for the rest of the season. No worries. Thanks, folks. Cheers, buddy. Uh, hopefully talk, talk later in the season. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Like, That's you. always sweet, that is. You talk about a player going back to their old club, and, geez, I had a few. Go back to your old club, where he he left Montpellier, and he didn't say it so much then, but he obviously left Montpellier. He had a three-year deal, left after two years. Don't think he got on particularly well with Jake White. Well, actually, no one did. It wouldn't that would have been Jake White's fault, not Nick's. But to go back at six months, five months after leaving and getting a victory like that. So, so sweet. Well, and the contrast as well. Like I was at Montpellier for a year and I know I wasn't with Jake White but similar culture from what I hear and the rugby and the physio and the off-field stuff. For him to go from there to the complete contrast of Exeter mm. that we hear about. And he's, he's, he's playing really well for them as well. Great club. He's been awesome. I'll tell you what we'll do as well. He'll really help out Youngsters like Stu Townsend, who got capped, I think, in the summer mm. as a young scrum half. You know, his experience. And I've always watched Nick White and thought he's a bloody good player. Um, so he'll be good for Exeter. Hung like a slipper as well, he? apparently. He's yeah, got a massive The rumour's coming out. Should have asked him. Yeah. Do you reckon Joe Mal is going to come on the show? Do you think he's going to... The producer's shaking his head, Tim's... No, mate, there's no way. Him. After getting their asses handed to them yesterday, there's no way Joe Marler is coming on this show. Mate, he's lost his place in the England squad, he so he ain't coming on, He got he? physically dominated by... The Mighty Wasps. He tried to drop the head on Ashley Johnson uh, just before half-time. How are you dropping the head on him, mate? You've got to go straight through the, <laughs> straight through the head. You have to. The hair. Straight through, straight through the hair. Um, but you talk about that sweetness of going back to your old club. Reese Priest, yeah. Priestland, talking about the Champions Cup. He obviously went back to the Scarlets. Uh, he left there a couple of years ago for Bath. Had an imperious performance in terms of game management in wet, horrible, ugly conditions. Gets man of the match. Gives a little wave to the crowd after they booed him for the man of the match call. So those little things, as a player, when you go back to a club, they're always nice. It's like bu- bumping into your ex with a, when you've upgraded a little bit. What? Let's look at the rumours. <laughs> uh, you, you guys got any rumours uh, for us? Oh, Anything um, floating around? I've got one. Go on. Heard Johnny Gray's a, a done deal to Bristol's. Bristol's. 400 bags. 400 bags of sand. Really? Harry Thacker's yeah. going there. Heard Harry Thacker as well. Yeah. I don't know, is he injured or not? Mate, no. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah. Um, Tom Young's his club captain, is he? Yeah, he's club captain, but still, I'm a big fan of Thacker. And also, uh, McGuigan on the bench. You know what? Just just get talking about Bristol. Bristol's. Go on. Bristol's a, a club that's frustrated me. You know, with the signings that they've made. He's no shit. Guys at the end of the season. I mean, they never wanted me. Um, Is that why they frustrated you? No, they frustrated me just because of the... the as a player, the, the money that you heard players were, get, players were getting paid for the quality of what they were. They just did everything wrong there. But if you have a look now at the players that are, are being spoken about that are going to be signing, signing link, link for them... And I don't know whether this is because we're making people up, but genuinely these are rumours that we've heard. So you're talking about a bender, ding along, ling, 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 put your woolly around a tube of a sink, like length, that wise. Strettle, Johnny Gray sound, sign for them. Paletta now, is that how you say his name? Tatafi Paletta now. P- yeah, Pal- I heard, I, see, I heard he was Palotta going to now. Tigers. Well, I was going to say, so they mentioned Paletta now, but yeah, he's going to Tigers. Oh, yeah, but ha- he's going to Tigers. Ha- yeah. Harry Thacker going there as well. Mm. Well, they've got them. They know that this this year is their chance. Obviously, they've had major issues when they've been in the championship before about signing quality players because of the playoff system. So this year, it's first past the post in the championship. They finish top. They get promoted straight away. So you can, you know, they're, I think they're four points clear at the minute in the championship. They've, can you see someone like Pelletau going there? Well, yeah, for the cash, mate. And ultimately, Pelletau's gone there for a huge amount of money, and rightly so. What? Well, you're touching close to a mil, I've heard. A million pounds. Yeah. He's meant to be the most well-paid rugby player next year. And you watch Piertau play, he's, I reckon you pay him double that, he's worth it. He's unbelievable every time he plays. Yeah, he is good, yeah. Um, That's why Wasp was so good. 
Yeah, they were. A couple of years ago. Yeah, and because I'd left and Jimmy Gopper came in at 10 and played really well. <laughs> um, but also, you, you, Bristol have to spend big to be competitive. You can't come up with a squad that has just won the, cha- the championship or whatever. You have to spend big to even stay competitive. Now, you know, London Irish this year, their recruitment's been okay. I wouldn't say it's been amazing. Um, and they're going to be in a battle with Worcester all year. Bristol, with, with the players that they're going to have, they're going to win games. And the coach, year. Pat Lambert yeah, as well. Good coach. So. If, if it's all true, they're going to be very good. Yeah, I've heard Bordeaux are close to getting Ben Foden in a mile and yard. Uh, yeah, I, I know Fodes is coming to the end of his contract at Northampton. and Coming to the end of his career, is that you? No, contract. Is he still playing? Yeah, he's on the ding a ling a ling ling for Northampton. But talking about Marlon Yard, got suspended, didn't he? Got banned by his own club. Didn't even turn up for the team run, apparently. Why? Well, they had a team run before. He's named to play in the team against Wasps on Sunday. Either didn't turn up or turned up exceptionally late for the team run. And for a player that Eddie Jones wants to get in the England squad, Eddie, Eddie Jones has questioned his attitude. You know, it'd be nice to speak to Joe Marler today because I know he doesn't like him and it's his own teammate. So they took the decision to say you didn't turn up for the team run. Sometimes you have excuses. You you know, you get stuck in a crash, you whatever, traffic delays or whatever. But obviously I think he's got that. I spoke to Nick Easter a few weeks ago. We had him on the live show, didn't we? Um, And, uh, you know, certain players' attitudes do get questioned. And obviously off the back of that, he turns up late, got banned. England squad announced next week. Terrible timing. So, producer Tim's just come through with an interesting uh, update on what's happening with Yard. Do you, do he's you... playing for the Shags tonight. Is he? He's playing A team rugby. Yeah. And rightly so. You'd rock up late for training, you miss training, your attitude stinks, then, you know, earn your stripes, go and play A team. Just on attitudes, because uh, Jamie Heard uh, messaged in on social media, on Twitter. Uh, why was Owen Farrell having a whinge after being smashed by Sam Cross on the weekend? And who are the biggest moaners you've played with? He always looks like he's having a whinge. He's not, I think he was smiling, he's got that he faz. gnarly smile, yeah. hasn't he? He's, he's an ultimate competitor. Yeah. So I don't know whether he was having a winch, I didn't see him. But. Yeah, he got hit off the ball. It wasn't that bad, it was slightly late. He's done a few himself. Who was the biggest moaner mm. I ever played with? Goody. Yeah. So easy. Jim. <laughs> Captain of the Sappuccino Club. We came up with this thing, right? So moaning was also called sapping. So you basically sapping the energy mm. of other people. So I used to put it to the, the group, the changing room, whatever team I was in, and said, Is anyone, look, things are crap. <laughs> is anyone keen to go for a sappuccino? This, Which, this, but, this is at Leicester, the days of Leicester when we were winning everything. <laughs> but we're, I weren't playing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Standard. So we used to go, go for a sappuccino. And then I got called in the Scotland team, the boys used to call me a sappagizer. So I would sap, but it, because it was so funny... It used to energise people, so it was called a sappagising. So oh. I'm a sappagiser. You're a sappagiser. Goody was, was a moaner. You were a moaner. I was mo- only if the lunch wasn't out no. early enough. You, you were a moaner. I moan about the old coach here or there, talking yeah. absolute garbage. Last rumour, though, yep. which I think is the best rumour. I read that Toulouse Veanu. No way. Toulouse Veanu. Northampton are courting him. Really? Northampton are trying to chuck the dough around. To get him to leave Leicester to go to there. Desperation. Desperado. East, East Midlands rivals. Desperado. And if that is true, his value. I mean, he's on ridiculous form as well. He's, he's scored a hat trick well. at the weekend, I think. Uh, ridiculous footwork. He's worth a fair bit of cash as well. Not as much as Piatau, but Simon Cohen, if you're listening, and we is know it you listen. Piatau or Pilatau? Piatau. Simon Cohen, if you're listening, pay Veanu whatever he wants because he's that good. Pay him six undy. Pay him seven undy. You won't get a better fullback than him at Leicester for the next few years. So um, let's go to the good, the bad, the ugly now. Let's uh, see what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week. 
Oh, loads of good, obviously, big European weekend. Uh, we start mentioning him earlier, Reese Priestland. Uh, he was on fire for Bath on Friday night. Then we'll go up to Leicester. Their performance was pretty special. But I want a, bit, a big shout out to Mapapalangi. Who? Mapapalangi. I think he's a Tongan. Um, another one of the island contingent there up at Leicester. The most audacious offload you've ever seen. Gets hit in the tackle, rolls it out the back. Onto Calamaphoni. Calamaphoni sprinting down the touchline like I've never seen him run that fast. Puts a chip in. Really? Chips over the fullback. Johnny May wins the race for the They're try. Hell of a try. Better than Nadalo's offload? You see his? That was ridiculous as well. That's hey. my next thing. Nandalo. Not Is it Nadalo or Nandalo? Nandolo. Nandolo. <laughs> It's Nan- Nandolo. Yeah, Nandolo. Yeah. Nandolo. Nandolo. He's got plenty of dough, though, hasn't he? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Nandolo. So. Uh, his try finishing the corner was just ludicrous, wasn't it? About 14 extra players hanging off his back. You ain't, like, he's one of them where, like, you review it in defence. If you're a defence coach, you'd be like that. Yeah, there's not a lot you could have done there. Yeah, 130 plus. kegs, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's got plus. a barrel on him, but geez, he, run, he shifts as well. I follow him on Instagram. Like, so you see, obviously, pictures and videos... And I'm looking at these videos of him on the Instagram story, and all I think is like, how big are you? That's all I think when I'm looking at it. Like, I'm how big are you? Come on, show me your cycling shorts, what you got. Are you thinking of downstairs, how big? Yeah. Uh, so Nandolo, he was pretty special. Victor Vito for La Rochelle, and La Rochelle's I look at La Rochelle. absolute trouncing of, of Ulster. Wasps go there next in, uh, oh. in, in Europe. Oh, gosh. Um, that'll dictate who wins that group. Uh, Victor Vito was unbelievable. Benetton. Came so close to beating the mighty Toulon. Imagine. I commentated on the game. Toulon were, it was like they rocked up thinking, it's the first time they've ever played an Italian team in the Champions Cup. Yeah. And they rocked up thinking, Italian team, we're going to wipe the floor with them. And Benetton probably should have won the game. They had a penalty towards the end, or after the 80th minute had gone for a scrum. Um, and rightly so, it was a penalty. And Tranduke's kicked it to to win the game. But Fabian, a real yeah. big performance. Fabian Gautier running the show at Toulon. What a joker! C U N T. So you'd you'd have liked Toulon to lose because he's a see you next Tuesday, is he? Mate, they don't come much bigger. <laughs> um, but a big shout out actually to McKinley, the fly half at Benetton, blinded in one eye about five or six years ago. Back in the Italy squad, mate. Right? He's in the Italy squad. He's kicking goals like I've. I couldn't even dream of kicking goals. Yeah, he's an unbelievable player, and he's only got one eye. I know. His left it's eye, he's blind, blind in his left eye. Wears protective goggles. Unbelievable story, and he played exceptionally well. Uh, let's move on to Exeter. We spoke about them. That's a massive win for them down in Montpellier. Uh, Leinster absolutely dominating Glasgow physically. Devon Toner, how good was he? Who? Devon Toner ending Scottish second rows for the last seven years. <laughs> he physically dominated every Scottish second row he's ever Mate, played he's against. softer than pudding. But <laughs> softer than pudding, well, what was Glasgow's forward pack about? Because yeah, they got driven they, over. You're talking about more until the cows come home. I was really surprised. They got driven over from 25 out, didn't Scrum they? Scrum got massacred and so did the driving line out. They were poor up front. But the only thing this week, really, we bagged Australia plenty of times. They're beating the All Blacks. It's always nice to see the All Blacks lose. So the good this week goes to... Israel Falau and the Australians. Well done. Yeah, there we go. The bad. Uh, the whole Reese Webb saga. Someone's telling lies. Someone's telling porkies. Someone is telling porky pies. Because Gatlin's Reece... lost the plot. He has a knee. Oh, he's What's not having, wrong with it? He's not having mm. the lions. But the whole Reese Webb saga. So he signed for Toulon a few weeks ago. It's been announced. Ching a ling a ling 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 ling. Big ching a ling a ding a ding a ding. Yeah. And then Wales bring this new law in a few weeks later saying, unless you've got 60 caps. What are they calling the law? Uh, please stay in Wales law. The Got Wallabies them. had the same law as well. It was called the Ghetto Law when yeah, they brought yeah, him yeah. back for the World Cup. And rightly yeah. so. 
Um, it's not called Gat's Law, though, is it? No, it used to be Gatland's Law. Anyway, so Reese Webb signed for Toulon thinking that he can still play for Wales because there's loads of boys doing it. Jamie Roberts, there's Moriarty, there's... Who else is there? George North. Playing in England, George North, etc., etc. Anyway, Wales have bought this law out and I think Reese Webb's on about 28 caps or something. So Wales have bought this law out saying 60 caps unless you're in contract now. So he's not in contract till next year. So they're saying that Reese Webb will not be allowed to play international rugby by the laws of the WRU. Reese Webb said he didn't know about it, otherwise he wouldn't have signed for too long. WRU are saying he knew about it, but he's gone for the ding a ling a ling a ling ching So someone's telling lies, and it's either his agent or some do at the Welsh Rugby Union. Trey Bazaar. It it's, it's Trey Bazaar, but also travesty, because he's a brilliant player, and you want your best players playing. And they should have said, he signed the contract now, so... He signed it before we bought the law out, so let's let him play. But that's to be seen, so that's pretty bad. Quinns and Marlon Yard, especially if you turn up late. Quinns were poor. Then we go to Glasgow. Played two, lost two in Europe. Everyone thought they had a chance. It's a group of death, I know. They were pretty bad. But the worst thing about Glasgow, Stuart Hogg's helmet on his head. What's he? <laughs> what's happened to his Mate, helmet? First came back, wasn't it? I tweeted him and just literally I said one word. Helmet. Lid. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> hanging. It's like... <laughs> What is it? <laughs> it's like he's been been an alcoholic for the last twenty yeah, years. Yeah, and he's it's just, just grown. Come out of the bush. Geez, damn good it, rugby player, it, and he played pretty well. But what a helmet! Oh, what a try though! Hey, yeah, just saw the try in slow mo. Just saw the lid all over his face. It's like a mane. Yeah, Horrible, uh, and it looks he looks like he's dyed it as well. He does a bit. He looks like he's dyed it. He does a bit, and then we carry on. Cast, I thought they were shambles. But absolutely. Uh, the cast uh, performance director texts me. He was at Saracens. A guy called Vinny. Yeah. In the changing room at Leicester. Was he from South Africa? <laughs> <laughs> it was the changing room at Leicester, tiny. I need to know. And I just texted him back and said that the away changing room at Leicester is the smallest. It's not that small, though. It's right? tiny. Nah, it's so you can't even fit a physio bed in it to get your ankles strapped. Yeah, true, actually. No. Very small. So they're um, already making excuses the night before the game. They were bad. But also, if you get a chance and if you can find it, try and Google or go back on, I think it was on Sky, Rory Cockett's pre-match interview. So he's starting at nine for cast there's a pre-match interview with Sky weirdest interview I've ever seen it was basically like yeah we're here we're not going to win they were like oh how are you going to beat Leicester today he was like don't know really weird interview like so demotivating if you're watching that <laughs> you're like he's a star hell, player absolutely. and he's getting paid 70 bags a month yeah 70,000 euros a month and that was his actually stank um, and I've roomed with Rory Cockett when I'm playing for the Sharks and he's hung like an absolute hamster is he? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness, poor bloke. <laughs> He's ripped to smithereens but hung like a hamster. Um, that's pretty bad. And then Stade Francais got pumped at home by London Irish in the No One Cares About Challenge Cup. What's happened to Stade? They got beat by the Russians. They the got week beat before. by the Russians last week. This week they got done by 40 at home to London Irish who couldn't buy a win at the minute in the Premiership. And London Irish sent a young team over there as well. Shane Garrity playing fullback. Absolute knob of a bloke. Uh, <laughs> What's then, it? We're going to find out what's happened there. And then... Goody tells all. But finally, I gave it to a referee last week as well, didn't I? We're going again. Ben Whitehouse. Claremont against Northampton. Absolutely pony. He's... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> he was a joke. And he basically thinks he's Nigel Owens. Trying to be centre of retention. Absolute balls up with Dylan Hartley's yellow card. Slimany should have been red carded for the shoulder charge, elbow charge, the head, whatever. Morgan Power, he says he's unconscious, then he's allowed him to come back up. The whole thing was a shambles. Mm. Dylan Hartley scored a try, which probably should have been given. Um, and he did, just an absolute shambles. He thought he's Nigel Owens. Ben Whitehouse, you are a joke this week. I don't like bagging refs, but yeah, he's Welsh, so let's bag him. He gets the bad. And then the ugly, there's a fair bit of ugly this week. 
we spoke about Bradbury earlier being suspended by Edinburgh, falling over, pissed, and banging his head. John Hardy, the whole coke thing, that's not good for rugby. We don't know if that's true. Don't know if yeah, it's we're true. Yeah, we're going to say allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. But, um, then you go to French TV, Cami Lopez, his horrible leg break. The French TV director's insisting on showing it over and over again. No one wants to see that. Just on that. Yep. What Do you know what else is ugly about that, and which is so French? Where the hell is the oxygen? There's no oxygen there. Mate, it's ridiculous. He's there, he's screaming. Yeah. Like Ben uh, Kaiser, smudge! Trying to give him a kiss. Kaiser kisses it. Mate, he, he don't need to smell your breath. He needs to smell. <laughs> he needs to smell some oxygen yeah. right there and then. He yeah. needs to be put to sleep there and then. No oxygen. Yeah, it wasn't good that. He's screaming for it. Yeah. That was pretty ugly. But worst thing of all this week, and again, it's bringing rugby into disrepute, bad name, but Paddy Jackson and Stuart Olding, we talked about it before, they're to face trial for rape. Uh, after a judge deemed there to be enough evidence to take it to trial, they tried to. They're in court last week, um, so just not good. Not good for rugby. That's pretty ugly. It's very ugly. They'll be. Uh, I think it's in December on trial. Ugly. Very very ugly. Well, we're going to leave it there for today's show. We're going to we're going to oh. come back next week yes. with the other part of the the story. We're just taking some of the finer details out of the story of hitting on the hooker. So. Yeah. Next week, too much hosing I have down, it. wasn't it? I have it. Yeah, this people are getting hosed down now, in it, and I, <laughs> I need to take that bit out. Thank so you so we'll, much for listening, and uh, thank you so much for those that uh, tweeted in their questions. Sorry, we didn't get to all of them. We did do our best. Look forward to seeing some of you at the live show live on show Wednesday, Wednesday at O'Neill's. Uh, thank you so much to Guinness for making that possible. It's going to be a good night. Bring your knives and forks. Pod, 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 pod. Uh,